That was cute. Thanks. Did you hear my clap? No. Are you kidding? I, I am not kidding. I heard that one. Maybe, it wasn't great, but... Shut up. Maybe Zoom... <laughs> maybe Zoom has gotten better at, like, removing loud audios. Uh-huh. And I wish they would stop. Maybe we need to find some, some other way to record. That's shittier. That's <laughs> shittier, yeah. That doesn't process audio so well. God damn it, Zoom. You've been doing too well. You're too good. Oh, oh my goodness. Oh, really? Uh, how, tell me how you're feeling. That's how I'm feeling, for real. I know, we're recording in the morning, which is a little little odd for us. It is odd. And also, I woke up to bear vomiting <laughs> so much, and I said, I guess I'm up now. <laughs> Sierra, it was so bad. Was it revenge vomit? I don't know. It was crazy, though. I, like, usually, right, when I wake up to her vomiting, or, like, because, you know, they get the little first. Yeah, 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 yeah. Before they really start hacking. Uh And so usually I try to, like, move her, right, to, like, a better place. But I was like, it's too late when I woke up for this one. But then it just kept going. (laughs) No, I was no. like, I was like, what the fuck? Like, how do you have this much in you? It was so much. <laughs> anyway, so you been? <laughs> that's that's how I've been. Um. Well, I know you've also been busy. <laughs> I've been so um, busy. I can't say I've had the same morning. <laughs> Um, I've been dog-sitting a dog named Chicken, and she's a very sweet girl. But I've also been trying to get data for a conference that's happening uh, this week. So So true, Queen. (laughs) That's so so real of you. I'm recording from lab today. Sierra, if it makes you feel better, I am... went to my professor about this the one big conference that like we go to mm-hmm. and because abstracts are due soon and I was like do you reasonably think I could have something presentation worthy by the time of that conference mm-hmm. and he was like what what a politician answer he said well you'd have to write a pretty speculative abstract <laughs> I was like understood. <laughs> understood. Okay. So. Oh boy. Yeah. Good times. Good times. Good time. Oh, Good times for grad students. Oh. I don't know why I got so tired all of a sudden. Stop it! Ooh. Wake up, Haley. I know. Sorry that you're just like anticipating my story to be so boring. <laughs> Um, so true. Here, you know what? I'll text. You'll text who? Mom. And say, can we get Dutch Bros? What, you don't want to go to HTO again? 
No, I want Dutch fruit. <laughs> HGO was good. I was um talking to someone and they're like, oh yeah, I like can't have black tea like too late in the afternoon because it will just keep me up. And I'm like, what the fuck are you talking about? <laughs> <laughs> like, uh-huh. I feel like we have just been like so like kind of like you and Benadryl, like caffeine just like doesn't even affect me anymore. God, me and Benadryl. Like, you know, most <laughs> people do just pass out. I can fucking take those things like candy and I'll be good. I'll be ready to fucking rumble. <laughs> you see the Benadryl monster and you're like, hey man, as it rolling. And then keep going <laughs> about the, your day. It's a regular Tuesday for me. <laughs> <laughs> oh boy. Yeah, no, I was like, I could literally drink a Red Bull and go to sleep. <laughs> like, sleep for four hours. I'm I'm with you. Caffeine does not affect me that much. Like, it keeps me awake if I'm also attempting to stay awake. Yes, yes. The only time I've ever really been like, oh no, this is bad. I, like, had a cup of coffee and then I also had this caffeine gum and I decided to do, like, one right after the other. Um, I think I think I showed you the caffeine gum, the one that you're not supposed to have like more than four a day. I know what you're talking about. Yeah. <laughs> and I think I put two in my mouth, and then at one point I was like, my heart's beating really fast. <laughs> I think I need to walk around. <laughs> I have something. had that with ca- with caffeine. I've gone to ham with caffeine many a time. Mm-hmm. And then it's like, I feel like I'm ascending to a different plane of existence. <laughs> yeah. It's like I'm falling asleep, but I'm also, my heart is going a million miles a minute. And I think this is what death feels like. Yeah. Like I am actually about to have a heart attack <laughs> any minute uh, now. Ooh, college, grad school. Love it. Love it. Well, oh my god, stop. I'm sorry. I think it's because the office is dark <laughs> and it's placeboing my brain. <laughs> I'm I'm at our parents' house this weekend and um so I actually have an office to sit in. So fancy. But, uh, I know. But uh yeah. Apparently too cozy too. Too cozy. It is crazy how different the noise level is here. Like, mm-hmm. I slept so much better than at <laughs> offices. For context, I live, like, in downtown Austin, to be honest. And it's, like, so loud. And it was so quiet in San Antonio suburbs. <laughs> um, yeah, remember... Um, when I went to visit you and like I think a car just backfired but I was like hey like <laughs> what was that I know and I was like go the fuck to sleep it doesn't fucking matter <laughs> you were like I think that I think something and I was like what what if it's gunshots it doesn't matter go to bed <laughs> go to bed <laughs> well because that was like right after like bad incident happened where like someone was shot like just like a block away from you yes yeah, too true. And so I was like, oh, and you're like, stop, it happens all the time. And I was like, what? <laughs> it's like, it's fine. <laughs> Are you shot? No, go to bed. <laughs> the way the window's facing, <laughs> the shot won't get to you. Like, 
<laughs> I would like to say that the place I live is not that like dangerous. But there was, it was this, an like, unfortunate timing, <laughs> like yeah. this incident had happened. And then I went and stayed with you. And then there was like a car that backfired. And I was like, <laughs> it's happening. They found us. <laughs> I was like, not again. <laughs> Need to close all the windows. Get on the ground. And I was like, fuck off. It's fine. <laughs> it's very loud where I live at night. You oh. get like used to it more. Yeah. But I think, like, I don't think, like, I recognize how loud it is that much anymore. But then when I, like, come here, I'm like, oh, my God, like, so quiet. (laughs) Yeah. (laughs) It is so quiet. Um, Oh, my God, there's a pipe in the vacuum. Oh. I just noticed it. (laughs) They're everywhere. Bears claimed her spot. They literally claimed this house. We find some like every she finds some every time we visit. Like there's new ones that we haven't that she puts somewhere that we didn't find. <laughs> she she stores them away just in case. It's like um squirrels with their nuts. <laughs> she, hides, she hides her her fight cleaners for safekeeping next time <laughs> she comes and visits. For the oh. time of famine, stop. I'm sorry. I'm trying not to. <laughs> no, you're fine. It's so cozy in here. <laughs> <laughs> oh boy. Well, do you want to get it? Do you want to hear a story? I do. Have we talked enough about our crazy lives? Yeah. Okay. Well, let me pull up notes. All right. So today, I'm going to tell you the story of Colin. So I originally heard the story on Mr. Ballin, but a lot of my sources are, we we do love Mr. Ballin, Uh, New York Times, ESPN. ESPN? Yes, because Colin was a football star. Oh. So let's get into it. See how little I am. Pay attention to sports. <laughs> this is a Sunday special. <laughs> <laughs> I was I was like, it'd be really in my brain. I was like, it'd be really funny if I did the the like, <laughs> and then I was like, I don't know if I remember it well enough. <laughs> what you mean? That's not just like ingrained in your memory at this point. <laughs> Duh, duh. Okay, whatever. Colin Finnerty. He was born in Brighton, Michigan, about an hour north of Ann Arbor. I was going to say like how far it was from Detroit, but given our previous episode, we were like, we just name whatever the biggest city is in a state and say, oh, it's from there. <laughs> so I, I decided to go with Ann Arbor instead. Yeah. You know, Ann Arbor is pretty recognizable. Yeah. Yeah. It's not like um, I know geography anyways. <laughs> yeah, same. Um, so he's born in <laughs> August. Oh, bless you. So he's born in August 1982 to a family with two other brothers and one sister. The whole family was very into football, so he immediately like took it up. Classic. What else are you supposed to do in Michigan? <laughs> However, he was described that despite his toughness, 
he was often very sweet. And at one point when he was at a party with his family, his brothers didn't want to dance with his mom because they were too embarrassed to dance with his mom. And so he decided to dance with his mom at the party. Oh, I know. Isn't that cute? It is cute. So this is this is the kind of person that Colin is. So in high school, he very quickly became a football star. Um, as a junior, he was named the Ann Arbor News Player of the Year. Damn. In 2001, he went to... Sorry, this is going to be a lot of background initially, but... Okay. Um, in 2001, he went to college at the University of Toledo. Um, but then transferred to Grand Valley State University and started playing football there in 2003. And that's where he really kind of like made it big. So yeah, he was known for being really tough and like playing through injuries while he was there. In fact, one time he actually broke his collarbone in the middle of a game, but played through it and his team won the game. <laughs> Shut up. That yeah. is, football is not worth that. <laughs> I think like if I get a little too winded, I'm like, all right, put me out, coach. <laughs> like it's fine. Also, it is painful as fuck to break your collarbone. I know. And he's he was like the quarterback as well. Oh. So he was like a major oh. player. And was Have like you- constantly getting well, not constantly getting tackled, but like, you know, like people were after him. <laughs> yeah people are after the quarterback <laughs> this is very great sports commentary uh, but yeah so he played through that won the game and then was like hmm i need to go to the hospital damn i know but like his team his team loved him for it you know yeah i mean damn <laughs> yeah respect um, as a senior quarterback at uh, Grand Valley State University, he became the winningest quarterback in NCAA history for all divisions. Damn. And that, as far as I can tell, is a record he still holds. That's um, crazy. And he was named the 2006 American Football Coaches Association All-American Team. Or named to the 2006 American Football Coaches Association All-American team. That is... Oh, sorry. Oh, my God. That oh, is man. a mouthful. That's you, the... Yeah. The 2006 All-American... <laughs> so true. But, yeah, so he was, he was really good. And, like, things were looking really promising. And he really... He decided, you know, I'm going to go try to get professional with this. But unfortunately, that did not work out as well for him when he tried to go professional. So Mm. from 2007 to 2008, he signed with the Baltimore Ravens, but only played for a few games. Um, I think only like the last two of the season. Well, I mean, it's kind of hard, I feel like, when you're the quarterback. Yeah, yeah. No, definitely. Like, there's only so many... Like, if you... Or, like, just alignment. I don't know. This I'm going to... I don't know football. I'm not going to keep talking about it. <laughs> no, keep talking about it like you know what you're talking about. I want to hear... You know, and then... And then, and then I'll just, agree, like, I know what I'm talking about. Okay, perfect. Like, you know, there's just one quarterback, man. There's one quarterback. If you're just just a fucking lineman, you know, there's tons of... <laughs> I do think it's harder 
for like kickers like there's there's really usually like one main kicker for a team no I get I, I do get what you're saying and same with quarter and the quarterback also is just so recognizable yeah like you know who the quarterback is for I mean not me but people know <laughs> who the quarter, quarterback is for like different like I feel like they they very much represent the team yeah yeah no, I, I totally agree. It's a hard, I would imagine that it would be harder to get into and be the quarterback of a team when you're going professional, just because one, you're expected to like be so good just to go professional, but kind of like you said, there's really only one quarterback and you're like kind of expected to be the front man of the team. Exactly. Um, so he played with the Baltimore Ravens for basically a year, and then he signed on with the Denver Broncos in 2008. However, he didn't play any games with the Denver Broncos. And so he kind of saw like the writing on the wall. He was like, okay, I don't think I'm going to like be a big star in the yeah. NFL. So he tried out a professional career in Europe, like doing American football in Europe um, for a little bit. And then he came back and he also did a career in the CIFL, which is the Continental Indoor Football League here at, in the U.S. Never heard of her. <laughs> yeah. Um, and so kind of kind of with this, he was like, OK, this we're not really going to get anywhere with this. Like it, it's been fun. I think time to move on. it's yeah, it's time to move on. Um, and also around this time is when he met his wife, Jennifer. And so Jennifer is also from Michigan. She was a volleyball star. So she also got that kind of competitiveness. And this is another kind of like sweet story about him. So he was pretty famous for like taking naps before games, like even like right before games. Shit. <laughs> I know, right? And just like not being really stressed out and stuff like that. But it was said that at their wedding, when he saw his wife coming down the aisle for the first time, he like got so overcome. He was like crying. It was just so happy. Uh-huh. That's so. so sweet. I know. So after they got married, so after they got married in like 2010, uh, they moved back to Michigan. Uh, he began working for a sales company for medical devices and they started a family. So they had two kids, a boy and a girl. And here oh. I can show you. So this is him and his wife. Oh. And then this was him at the Denver Broncos. And here's him with his family after moving in. Oh. I know. So really cute, really sweet family. And now we get into the not so great why? part. It's like why we're talking about him. Why we're talking about him. So on Memorial Day weekend of 2013, uh, Jennifer's family had planned a fishing trip up on the Baldwin River in Michigan. Um, so Jennifer and Colin, they decided, oh, that would be super fun. We should bring the family up. Uh, so they rented a cabin and Colin actually had bought a small pontoon boat for this right, trip as well. Can, can you pause for a second? Yeah. You found me. Come on. <laughs> you are outside. Okay. Sorry. Is this Bear Bear? He screamed at the door. Oh, Bear Bear. Can we get a map? She's on my lap. She's like, oh, okay. She's like, I'm content. I don't even know how she found me back here. (laughs) She could sense you. She hunted you down. Did you find me? Did you find me? 
Oh, purr and girl. Oh. Okay, sorry. You can continue. <laughs> so they decided to rent a cabin up where they were going to have this little fishing trip. And Colin had actually bought a pontoon boat for this trip. And he was reportedly very excited about getting this boat and would occasionally take it out even on like a small pond near his house just to try it out and make sure everything worked. That's such a dad move. I know. (laughs) By all accounts, the trip was going like fairly well. And on the last night, uh, Sunday, the 26th, I believe, he had put his kids to bed and decided he wanted to go on one more quick fishing trip. So it was a little bit later in the evening, I think like around like 8.30 or so. And he said, hey, I want to go on one more quick trip before we leave. And his family was like, okay. So they dropped him off at a boat ramp and he said, I'll be out here for like 30, 40 minutes. You can meet me at the next boat ramp because I'll like go down river. But I'll also, I'll call you when I need to be picked up. Mm. 42 minutes after picking him up around 9.20 p.m., uh, Jennifer's wife got a call from him and she was expecting, okay, this is the call to be like, hey, can you come pick me up? I'm all done. However, that's not how the call went. Instead, Colin sounded very panicked and very scared. And he said that he was being followed by two men. He was still in the boat and they were in the woods, but he was going to try to beach the boat and get away from them. What? Before she could ask any questions, he hung up. Why don't you call 911? So she called 911 after trying to call him and he didn't pick up. Queen shit, um, of course. And then, you know, she went to other family members that were also on this vacation and was like, hey, you know, what do we do? So they also tried calling him. And at one point, his brother-in-law did get through to him a few minutes later, to which Colin responded to him that he didn't know where he was. The two guys were still following him. And then the last thing he said was, it's getting pretty rough out here. What? And then hung up. And the call lasted only about 20 seconds. That's so bizarre. Yeah. And again, this is like... He sounded very panicked. The family said it was like very bizarre, like how like kind of scared he sounded. Yeah, you know, here was this like big guy who was generally like so calm. Yeah, who would nap before his fucking football game. Yeah, yeah. And who also like could like break a collarbone and keep playing. Like <laughs> I know. If there's someone I would not want to take on. Yeah. Um, so the family, they went to the second boat ramp where they were supposed to pick him up, but he obviously wasn't there. Uh, the police yeah. also showed up there and immediately contacted his cell phone provider to see if they could kind of see where his cell phone had uh, pinged off the towers. They did get something. So what was strange, though, was that there were two pings and they were picked up almost four miles apart in, yeah, I know, Bear Bear. Speak your truth, girl. <laughs> No. No. Beer, beer. Who? Oh, sorry. <laughs> She's... Yes, I know. Is it such Does she need interesting... more attention? Is it such an interesting story? Always needs more attention. Never enough attention for Bear Bear. Never. So, yeah, they found that there were two pings, but they were close to four miles apart. In a very oh short God. amount of time. Yeah. Booking it. Additionally, what was odd is that in order to like be caught in those like four miles apart, he would have had to cross 
a paved road and then like through someone's backyard to get to the second location. Huh. Or at least like close to like someone's backyard. So it's kind of like, well, if he was really that stressed out, why didn't he go try to get help? Try to get help. But obviously they have like no answers at this point. Within an hour, they found his boat and it was missing an oar, but he was not there. Due to kind of the strangeness of the situation, Colin was immediately considered a missing person. And yeah, so that was good. Also, luckily, because they had the cell phone data, they kind of knew the area where to search. Yeah. And so they searched that area. Um, One interesting thing is that a man that lived near that area had reported hearing someone yelling, um, but figured it was Memorial Day weekend partiers. Yeah, I was going to say, just, yeah, that's the one bad thing. So again, a search began like almost immediately. Tons of people from Colin's hometown came up. So previous players, one of the the like quarterback before he was a quarterback at college came up, Kurt. And his old football coach also came up called Chuck Martin. And so like all these people came and searched. That's really sweet. I feel like that tells you how much of a positive impact he had on people. Yeah. Like he was like very well liked in the community. Yeah. I mean, all those people came to search for him so many years later. Yeah. Yeah. Unfortunately, on Tuesday night, so almost 48 hours after calling the police, a search party actually comprising of Colin's prior coach, Chuck Martin, and his fellow player, Kurt, and then Kurt's wife, stumbled upon Colin's body. Only 48? What? Only 48 hours, yeah. Okay. Uh, So he was found face down with no apparent injuries other than a bloody nose. His body was also only half a mile from another paved road. Some other interesting things is, so his cell phone was found on him, indicating that it was probably with him whenever it pinged off those two different towers. He was found with all of his clothes on. However, one weird thing was that one of his waders, the strap was like super twisted as if Hmm. it had been taken off at one point and put back on, but not straightened out. So that was odd. And the autopsy revealed that he died from inhaling his own vomit, but there were no other serious injuries to his body or nothing abnormal <gasps> about toxicology. Also, Bear, what the fuck are you doing? Sorry. <laughs> what are you doing? You don't need to be on that. Also, what? Inhaling your own vomit? Yes. That's not something that just like goes down. <laughs> Yeah, so they think it was like, or the kind of theory is that there was a moment of just like, just such sheer panic that he vomited and like inhaled it, like not even thinking because he was so scared. Yeah, that's crazy though. (laughs) What is she doing? It's just being a menace. Don't knock over it. Go on there if you want to go on there. See? But I'm going to drop it. Okay, I can't help you, girl. She's trying to get to the windowsill, but she doesn't like that the blinds are down. (laughs) You got it. Oh my fuck, she just knocked over so much shit. Girl, I hate you. (laughs) Sorry, wow, this is really the bear interrupts this episode. (laughs) I know, now you're like trapped in it. Here, here. Now you can look out the window. Yeah, look out the window. Instead of being a goddamn menace. 
Okay. Child anyway. <laughs> you good? Yeah. Or more importantly, is Bear good? I don't know about that one. <laughs> <laughs> we'll see when she inevitably decides that is not okay enough for her and she's got to do some other shit. So sorry about the interruption. But yeah, so very, very odd to say yeah, the least. Like, this calm dude all of a sudden just like two people are chasing me and literally dies from choking on his vomit. Yeah. Like I've only heard of like choking on your vomit and dying in like drug overdose cases, I feel like. Or like in some form of intoxication. Like your body stops you from doing that. If you're your, not. Your, yeah, yeah. Or like a seizure or yeah. yeah your exactly. body try like there are mechanisms to stop you from that. If you're not like either have a medical reason or intoxicated. Yeah. So yeah, just super, super bizarre. And I have some theories, but I will warn you, there's not, like, a clear-cut answer to any of this. There never is. I feel bad, too, for the family, like, his wife and I know, I know. And especially this, like, search party that found him, like, they were people that knew him, too. It was his old coach and, like, friend who had played football with him. That's heartbreaking. You know, they even even said, like, in some of the interviews, people were thinking, oh, he's probably in like a deer blind somewhere or something like that like just kind of like staying put he can't be that far we're going to find him and so it's only been 48 hours like that's not and it's not like it was getting that cold yeah yeah that's not yeah so it was it was very very shocking i guess give me the theories though so initially some people believed that it may have had something to do with painkillers or a painkiller overdose. But his tox was clear, right? Yes. Which is why it's unlikely, though. Some people are like, oh, the family is lying about it to, like, kind of clear his name. Um, Which, I don't know. I find that hard to believe. Also, like, Um, if it's a closed case, can't you legally get those documents? I think so, yeah. I don't know. I just think that, that, I don't know why that would happen yeah i don't know i don't know how there could be a full cover-up for that if like espn and several news orgs were reporting on it i mean it's weird though because like even they like brought up this theory oh but yeah so like some people say like a couple of years before he had been prescribed oxycodone for a back injury and like had become addicted to it but his wife had said that he had gone to rehab he had recovered however on the weekend of this fishing trip he had apparently been complaining about like a shoulder and jaw pain and so some people are like oh did he like get back on the painkillers and like overdo it and that's why he wanted to like leave so quickly in the middle for this fishing trip but yeah it I don't know. I guess it just doesn't make sense to me, too, if, like, he had recovered. I mean, I guess we have to take the wife's word at face value, but I'm going to, so fuck it. Um, Yeah. (laughs) But it's, like, why would... They were on vacation. Why would he even have... If he was recovered, why would he have with him? Yeah. It... I can get kind of initially thinking that before like a tox report and stuff like that. And especially like you said, like inhaling his own vomit kind of, you know, you think of that when you're like in a drug overdose or something like that. Yeah. So I can, I can sort of understand 
where that thought process originated from, but I think the further evidence doesn't. I'm I'm with you. Yeah. I think the further evidence doesn't point towards that, but I get why people thought that without maybe initially. Yeah. I w- if I just heard, yeah, I would have also probably I mean I, I even said like that sounds like a drug overdose mm-hmm. if you hadn't said the tox was clear. So And to be fair as well, so that day that he went missing, he had had a couple of drinks, but they said that there was it was nothing that would have allowed for that. Like there was no like, he didn't have alcohol poisoning, yeah. Yeah, no. So Pear can't food figure out how to get out of the curtains. <laughs> Oh, there you go. You're so smart. Yeah. <laughs> You're like, thanks. Oh, I know. October. So I don't know. I, I'm not buying that theory. Yeah. I'm not. I, I felt like I should bring it up just because it was mentioned. No, for sure. But I don't think I don't think that's it. The other big theory is that he was suffering from issues of paranoia and delusion, most likely from CTE from getting so many concussions playing football. Yeah. So CTE, which is chronic traumatic encephalopathy, it's caused by having repeated injuries to the head and is a neurodegenerative disease, which can cause a host of symptoms, including memory loss, depression, aggressive behavior, and sometimes suicidal thoughts. It is a progressive disease, so symptoms can arise long after you have stopped, you know, hitting your head. And it's said to come in four stages. So stage one affects the frontal lobe, and this usually begins causing memory issues. Uh, Stage two is further damage to the frontal lobe and the adjacent cortex. And has worsening memory issues, and then also you start to notice issues with concentration. Uh, Stage three is lesions have taken over the medial temporal lobe and has also begun affecting the hippocampus and amygdala, which causes impulsive violent reactions, paranoia, again, further issues with memory. And then stage four it's spread to multiple parts of the brain. And essentially a lot of people with stage four CTE are misdiagnosed with just having dementia oh like it gets that bad damn i mean Um, it's definitely something like is a known problem with football players yeah yeah and so the one interesting thing is that 13 years pass usually between stages so it's not an incredibly fast thing but there still is definitely a lot of research that needs to go into like, you know, how many hits you can have and how many, um, like, it is it progressed further or faster? Yeah, I was going to say. More times? And so notably, like, this is something that has been tied to a lot of football players over the previous years, either by, you know, them committing suicide or also a lot of times whenever a football player commits some sort of violent offense um, they often will sort of point to this and be like hey is this the reason that this happened and so it's it's again something that like is very like unclear and kind of murky and for a long time I know like you know this but like the NFL was sort of covering it up being like oh it's no big deal like don't worry about it and then it came out that yeah, they kind of knew that this was happening. Yeah, I do remember that being like a big thing that they were not really talking about it, but they knew. 
Yeah. And so a lot of people like looked at this and they're like, okay, well, maybe this is what happened. And I wonder if it can be exasperated by like drug and alcohol usage too. Yeah. Like, so if he, I'm not a doctor, but, and maybe you're about to explain it too. No, no, I I don't get into it. Okay. I just feel like there's a potential, like if he, you know, did have a dependency at a point on oxycodone, which obviously can affect your brain as well. Mm -hmm. Like, I wonder if the two fed each other. Yeah. I'm not, I didn't see anything about that in any of the articles that I read, but I I wouldn't be surprised if that doesn't also hurt, you know? Yeah. Yeah. It definitely doesn't help. <laughs> yeah. Um, but as I said, I am no doctor. You know, his brother said that he probably had about four to five really bad concussions that they knew of while playing football. But, you know, it's probably very likely that he had more throughout his career that they didn't know about. And especially because he yeah. was the kind of person to, like, push through and keep playing. I was going to say, if he's going to push through a broken collarbone, I feel like early concussion symptoms yeah. definitely yeah so it's you know definitely like likely that he could have had some more severe head injuries that maybe weren't reported um, did they do an autopsy though of his brain so his brain was sent to boston university for testing in the right questions <laughs> but they concluded that cte was unlikely contributed to his death Oh. Yeah. So that kind of breaks us all apart. I was going to say, I was like, I feel like this is so real. Like, I'm like, yeah, this is it. Yeah, you're like, this is the answer. And then it's like, wait, what? And what's weird is that basically, like, the New York Times, ESPN, and everything like that, they're like, oh, yeah, we think it's CTE. But then if you go into this, like, Boston University report, they're like, we don't think it's CTE. Interesting. Yeah. Very bizarre. So some other kind of weird things surrounding this incident is um, there was a previous incident in 2011 where he called a family member saying that he thought he was being followed. But during this incident, when he said that, the family member said, hey, look, just come over to my house. So he did that. Was able to calm down and there was no indication of anyone who was actually following him. So that could point like kind of either way of like he was paranoid Oh. Yeah. Or like, <laughs> there was something. Thank you, Bear Bear, for your addition. Also, during the trip, it was reported he didn't really sleep that much. So he was only like sleeping like four hours a night. Oh. And so people, you know, definitely thought that was like odd. And then they thought it was odd that he did want to go back on the boat himself so late. But it wasn't too extreme. I was going to say the boat like really late at night did seem odd, but I was like, you know, if he, it's like the last day of vacation, I get it. Yeah. Yeah. He's like excited about this. So he had some confusing behaviors, but prior, yeah. prior, but it's hard to say that, or I feel like with the evidence from Boston university, you can't really say it was CT unless you have like yeah. another group look at it and they're like oh no it was CT. I feel like you almost need a second opinion to really prove it. I don't know. But I do find it like interesting that he had bouts of paranoia it seems prior. Yeah, so maybe this was also like undiagnosed mental illness 
of some yeah. sort. And just to also put this in here as well, his family is like unsure of the whole CTE theory as well. And they like kind of hesitate to say that his football career caused his death just because he loved it so much, which is like understandable. Yeah, that's that's I, I would get like not wanting to put something. And I bet also like his his family that he grew up with, you know, I bet they kind of encouraged his football career. So they might feel like if that's the case, like guilt. Yeah. But he also like didn't play as much as some people, you know? Mm -hmm. Yeah. So it's, I mean, he played for a while there, but he wasn't like a career professional. He wasn't like Tom Brady. here. Yeah. And so there's a lot of lingering questions still like basically, you know, what did scare him so bad? Was there actually someone there or was it some about a paranoia again that he had? Also, how did he travel so far in such a short period of time? He traveled four miles in like a couple of minutes. So Um, true. And then also, why didn't he stop by the road or by a house to get help? You know, his first reaction in his last bit of paranoia was to reach out to someone and get help. I do feel like it was giving paranoia more than it was than someone chasing him. But also... How did he get, like, four fucking miles? It's just weird. And then why did he throw up? I mean, I guess if he was fucking sprinting for four miles. Yeah. No, it's it's so bizarre. And then there's the thing with, like, his waiters, too, that it looked like they had been taken off and, like, put back on him. Yeah. You think if you're, like, panicking and trying to get away from someone, you're not going to take off your waiters. Definitely like, not like, going to put them back on. Yeah, let me change real quick. Oh, wait, I took that back. Yeah. Also, if I was running from someone, I would take waiters off. They're heavy. But yeah, so it there's just so much of it that doesn't make sense. There's this kind of weirdness with the articles of being like, oh, it was like a drug thing. And I was like, I don't think there's enough evidence to say it was a drug thing. So like, why are you bringing it up? And then also like, oh, it was CTE. But then you have Boston University saying like, we don't think this contributed to his death. Yeah. Did they say he did have CT or did they say he didn't? Or did they just say like it wasn't far enough along? I just saw that they said it was unlikely that contributed to his death. I don't know if they said to like what did I think the idea was like he did have some markers of CTE, but I didn't see like what stage or like how progressed it was. Yeah, I guess there probably would have to be some brain abnormalities if they sent his brain to a yeah um a special place i just was wondering if you knew because there there is a difference between like it wasn't that severe versus like he didn't have it yeah you know what i'm saying yeah no i totally do i feel like if he had the markers it maybe it could have been like we just don't understand the disease enough Mm mm-hmm Or maybe, you know, he had these other, you know, mental illness things that were also being exasperated by CTE. So even though that wasn't bad enough to like really be like, oh, this contributed to his death. Like it was kind of in addition to this, almost kind of like your theory of like, well, he also had this like drug addiction. Maybe that just added to it or like previously had this encounter with a drug addiction and it was just this bad kind of combination of like all of these different things that maybe alone wouldn't have done it, but like altogether created this just a storm. That's kind of what I'm thinking, but 
once, as I said, I'm no specialist. It is weird though. Mm -hmm. You would think that if he, you know, you would think if he got this paranoid that you, you think it wouldn't just like snap, right? You think it wouldn't just happen. Mm -hmm. And you would think that if he had been showing, you know, had been acting weird, his wife probably wouldn't have let him gone off alone, you know? Yeah. If he was acting that weird. That's what I think is weird to me, too, that if it was paranoia, like, it just seemed to kind of... It was just very sudden. Yeah, which, I I mean, I don't know, maybe that's how life works, but I feel like you would be acting a little weird if you had, like, a brain injury causing it. Yeah, that it was so sudden and, like, so severe as well. Exactly. I don't know. It's just... I mean, and maybe that is something that his family doesn't want to say that he was having problems prior, but I don't know. Yeah. I mean, one thing I did see in the articles is, like, he seemed to be doing fine in, like, life. He had recently gotten a promotion in his sales job and stuff like that. So, I mean, obviously, that doesn't speak to, like, what was going on in his head. But at least outwardly, he, he was seemed functioning. to be functioning fine, despite Which, this one, like, incident in, like, 2011. So, like, two years prior. Yeah. No, that is weird. And again, maybe we're not getting the full story from everyone, but... I don't know. It, it's just super, super confusing with the facts that we do have. Yeah, I'm with you. What a weird case. Um, so I do have kind of like in a lighter note, in 2018, he was inducted into the Michigan Sports Hall of Fame and is still remembered as one of the best college football players to have ever existed. Um, and so. Good. Huh? Well, that's good, at least. Yeah. Yeah. And I have a, a little a picture of his family. They like came back and interviewed, you know, his family for this. And so they said he would have he probably would have been happy about it. But knowing him, he wouldn't have been like super excited about it just because he was like a very humble person. Oh, so well, this is a picture of his family. I think like at least he's remembered you know yeah yeah I think sometimes that's a really sad thing about some of these cases and it's like especially if it was like someone who just kind of was on their own got lost something whatever mm-hmm. and then and then just people don't really talk but at least he got like a bit of recognizability yeah he, he's been remembered you know obviously this very much hurt his family and the community but they seem to like pull together. Yeah. That was a good story though. Very, I mean, interesting. It's just confusing. Mm -hmm. Yeah. I'd heard it a while ago and I was like, Ooh, I need to save this. And then when I was looking for stories, I was like, Oh, let me do this one. Sometimes I get TikToks and I do that too. Yeah. I have like a whole, well, I don't even have a folder because I don't organize my phone that way. But I have all these screenshots of like different I know, episodes I like the tic- and stuff. I like the TikTok and then I have to like go fucking scroll through all my like TikToks to yeah. find it when I'm actually. And you would think that like I would try to put them somewhere. No. <laughs> no. That's, that's asking too much. Well, thank you for the story. Uh, yeah. We have a Twitter. At Mr. EMTN Pod. We have an email mystery mountain podcast at gmail.com sierra will see your emails i won't (laughs) (laughs) please rate and subscribe to us on whatever podcasting platform you use 
Yes. Uh, we apologize for being a little late, but as we said, Haley's, life is crazy. Haley's life has been a fucking trash fire. <laughs> Anyways, <laughs> not to end on a, on a fucking note. You know that that thing of the dog that's like, this is fine. fine. In, in holding a cup of coffee in like uh-huh. a burning house. That's me, guys. For real. I'm sorry. Nelly. At least you got a bear bear that's not throwing up right now. <laughs> you haven't even cleaned that up. Oh my god, Haley. Okay, well, I, I'm going to let you go so you can do that. <laughs> Thanks. And we'll see you next time on Mystery Mountain. Goodbye. Hopefully your cats don't throw puddles of water up. <laughs>